Yep, it's the Jeremy Webisodes Podcast. Here we go! Skiddly diddly diddly biddly diddly diddly biddly diddly bop! Bop! Can I get the last bop in? Yeah, do it. No, I just did it. Oh, is that you? That was me. I'm going to have to kind of... I'll probably edit it out. I'm so jealous that you get all the skiddly diddlies. I'm I'll, the scat singer. It's I the wanna, Jeremy Webisodes podcast. But, but I want to bop. Okay, you can bop. Next time you bop. <sighs> she bop. Mm, bop. So welcome back to the show, ladies and gentlemen. You have found your way back to the Jeremy Webisodes podcast, where, as always, the lava lamp is burning ever brightly in the lab as a beacon for all the lost souls in the world, may they find their way home. And it's kind of a big night here in the lab. Uh, you know, if you've been paying attention to what we're doing here, we're building a distillery, and we've been trying to shoehorn this confounded caboose in the front end of this thing. And first and foremost, I got to say, in the house is uh, Mark Levine, who I blame. The caboose on. So welcome, welcome to the show, Mark. Thank you bravo, for being here. Bravo, bravo. And also in the house we have Bruce Binquist from BDI that's actually gonna do the shoehorning of the caboose in uh, the front of the building. So welcome Bruce. Thank you for being here. Thank you, thank you. Thank you very much. It's like and the virus and the doctor. Yeah. You're are you the are you which one are you? <laughs> I'm the virus. He's definitely He's the gonna virus. fix it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so we got approved. Long story short, tonight at the city level, we got approved. Because here's the thing. We have this big cement tilt up. And what is it called? What is it we even asked for tonight? An architectural variance or a – what was it? Yeah, I mean, today ultimately we got a uh, we got a acceptance to the uh, city planning variance. Because we have a cement tilt up and, and the whole argument is that – we never intended to have a caboose sticking out of the front of the thing. The city's like, we never foresaw a caboose. And so we had to say, okay, we're going to stick a caboose. And we basically had to ask permission, right? Is that, that's kind of the layman we, way of We had to get a vote and a uh, permission for the acceptance. And how many people are on city council? We had to go in front of city council and they had to vote. There's five people on city council. We got a unanimous vote. We got a unanimous vote. Today. Because you know why? Putting oh, a caboose in the front of your distillery is pretty freaking cool. Yeah. It doesn't happen every day. Right. It's not something they see all the time. You, well, you're not putting it. By the way, this is Joss and Ryan. Oh, I think, we're all we're here I think here the too. listeners of the show are pretty familiar with your voice. <laughs> we didn't get an introduction. No. Well, the, so well, Ryan, all... Ryan spoke before me, and now it's me. I'm me. You're nobody, by the way. Well. No, I, I'll, I'll, you're somebody. I love you very much. <laughs> it's kind of neat. To have a caboose in the front of a restaurant. Right. Well, but we're not only talking about a caboose in the front of the restaurant. We are cutting this thing half in, half out, cantilevering open windows, sitting at the bar in Southern California. Epic climate. Yeah. It's kind of like, it's essentially, because of the way we're building it, it's kind of like our indoor-outdoor patio. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, I, in a caboose. I'm jealous I didn't use the word cavaliering. 
No, cantilevering. cantilevering. What is it? Cantilevering. You both Cant- said it different and also. No. Cantilevering. No, you said it different again. Well, I can, I can pronounce it twice. Cantilevering or cantilevering. It's I have a hard word. T. So which one, which one is it? It's both. Well, it depends on what Cantile- part of the you I think it's cantilevering. Do you say tomato or do you say tomato? Tomato. Right, he you says say potato. basil or basil. He does say potato. So I, I say potato. I can't. I can't. Does I'm he wash his hands? I can't yeah. respect. No, no, that's, that's, I can't no. respect his, you, his you pronunciation. Know, you know what that when I when you say wash wash is from the east coast. That's northeast. Right. So I have that in me, but I don't say wash. I do say wash, but I know what wash means. But I do say potato. Which I'm is a weird. potato. It's not a word, by the way. So potato. Potato, potato, tomato, tomato. Uh, Potatoes in that. Therefore, I think it's it's cantilever or cantilever. It's fine if if we're going off Joss's rules, we can say potato. So it's fine. The the long and the short of it is, we're putting a freaking caboose in the front. (laughs) And here's the thing: not just a restaurant, brewery, distillery, okay, with a caboose out the front, all in. Pretty rad. The city unanimously voted for it tonight, which is. Pretty, pretty rad. fantastic. So we're stoked. We can move forward. And what what I'm really excited about is finally putting this entire project, which just to catch everybody up, last year at the same time we got our conditional use permit from the city, which we had same thing. We had to go in front of the city to get them to okay uh, allowing to do even what we want to do here. So yes, boom, we were allowed to do it. F- theoretically, we could have we could kind of almost maybe have been open by now. If, we without we the definitely would have been really close to open without the grain train. Right. But we have a 1948 caboose, or we have, you know, somebody talked to somebody in this <coughs> oh. room talked to us. Do you want to tell that story real quick just for the listeners who, who haven't heard it? How did it go down? Yeah, this is the I'm, virus here. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was uh, getting on the Catalina Express and, and just checking Facebook, kind of bored in line. Um, and I, my community page uh, for San Juan Capistrano pops up, and and I see this free caboose, and uh, I see this thing, and you know I'm thinking vintage automobiles, uh, cool space to dine, drink, free uh, caboose, patina. I love patina cars. I just thought this thing would would work really nice for for what we're doing, and I called Jeremy and said, hey, we got to jump on this free caboose, and he's like, okay. What do we got to do? I'm like, I think we just need to lift the thing with a crane and get a truck and bring it over to Lisa Viejo. Easy. And then why don't you talk about what that took to get it to Lisa Viejo? Well, that's the thing. He call, he, Here's what went down. He calls me, and he's like, hey, man, um, f- did you see the thing on Facebook? said free caboose. I was like, I don't know. Check it out. There's a free caboose right in San Juan Capistrano. It's literally like eight miles from where we're building our, our distillery. He said, there's this free caboose, and I kind of think anybody that's doing what you're doing that had any kind of vision would get the caboose. And he hung up the phone. <laughs> <laughs> and like 30 seconds later, and I, I call him back. I'm like, I have fucking vision, man. Yeah. We're getting, we're getting <laughs> well, the caboose. I mean, Mark, you know how to hit a sweet spot. Yeah. <laughs> Anyone with a vision. Well, I have a vision. I yeah. Know to, I know how to throw a bait. That's for yeah. sure. Right. <laughs> So, long story short, we go over there, you know, I mean, it's a long story. You can actually check out uh, on on YouTube, you can check out uh, Webb's Grainworks has a, a, a 
vlog and I talk about the entire train experience. If you want the whole story, I'm not going to belabor it. It was gnarly. Uh, the short version is it took like three days. I aged five years. Multiple semi-trucks. Multiple semi-trucks. Under, uh, you know, we tried to tug on it with different cranes that were undersized. Nobody knew how much the thing weighed at the end of the day. Well, except us. Because we looked it up online and said, listen, it weighs 25 tons. It's 48,000 pounds. At this the is end what of the you day, need to lift it. it. And they it went, 25. we don't think so. Yeah. Like, this is So it was a nightmare. Live. We had all sorts of people come. We had people walk off the job. We had uh, contractors, like, threaten us, uh, right? Yeah. I'm not going to – I don't want to no. get too deep into it because uh, – but things would down. Well, what kind of contractors? I mean – what can I, how much, really? I think I don't I think can. we want to say much. I don't think we want to say most about it. The, I mean, well, just the the uh, maybe the guys that hoist stuff. Yeah, there we go. So some of the guys we, that were on board to hoist some of the stuff ended up being a nightmare and like violent, and I don't know what what their deal was. Yeah. Um. One of my one of the people that works with us. Um. Their father has been in the like hauling and rigging industry. Logistics. Or, yeah, logistics. Heavy logistics. Their whole life. And they were on site to kind of assist with the whole thing. And, um, you know, this guy was all up in his face and his, the whole team was a nightmare. I mean, it was it was really, really well, wild. Listen, if, if you decide to go into that trade lifting heavy things, heavy things. In odd places. A, a, a caboose with a crane. You're not getting like a poet. Yeah. Or like a, a guy, like an like a accountant right. doing that. Customer no. service is not his number one No, you're, right. you're, you're getting a roughneck. Yeah, no, so no, this leads me to this But this is, is the West Coast, you guys. Yeah. This is not yeah. the East Coast mob we're dealing with. Right, yeah. right. Oh, no, there's a wannabe. Well, no, 100%, listen, yeah. Not, not a mob, but Jeremy, I don't think, did you expect like a gentleman? Well, no, I mean, I, in none, I mean, shit, man, I, I work with my hands too. I know what's up. You know, I, I didn't expect to be accosted. That's what I didn't expect. <laughs> I mean, I guess fair enough. Yeah. You don't be threatened with your life. Yeah. And it wasn't like, small business. But yeah. it's not small business. Was, You're yeah, lifting. A, when I come what is it? What like, was it? Uh, four, how many thousands of pounds? Hey, 40, 48,000 pounds. I mean, the guy's coming in with his black Starbucks coffee. I mean, like, listen, get out of my way. We're not doing small talk here. This like, is a great segue. So, long story short, we got the caboose. We got approval. Yeah. Yay. Okay? Um, this is, I, I got a quick little side story here because you're in on this one, too. It leads me to, like, trade. So, we're talking about people in a certain trade. What You have a certain, what, I, I don't know, expectation of what their, you right. know, threshold should be right. for all this shit. Okay? So, I had a guy, and you'll appreciate this, too, because Bruce is a boat guy. So, my, uh, one of the vacuum pumps on my toilet system on my boat went out filled my bilge and engine room with deuce <laughs> awesome. okay like not kidding i go down there and i'm like the bilge water should not be that color we got some black water <laughs> oh yeah, yeah we got some black water. code three so seriously call the guy to come fix you know the does that specifically works on 
toilet vacuum well, system. I got to look at it first and smell it too. Yeah, it was <laughs> no. Mark was there when it's like, no, I asked him. I was like, Mark, does that look right to you? Does it smell right down here to you, man? Mark is a very salty, very accomplished boat guy himself. And then you were like, Mark, really get in there. Yeah, yeah, no. Take Both of really you, no, he, he used the head and said, "Hey, keep an eye on the pump and see what it looks like." Yeah, so tell that, me what it's doing when I when I flush. And it was. Uh, and so yeah, no, I go in there, I I take away as I flush the toilet, I come back out, and I was like, "How's it look?" It was like, "Well, if you know." Pee frothing out the top is, is, a, is not <laughs> a bad Is cool. <laughs> if hot dog on a stick's lemonade was yellow, it yeah. looked like <laughs> So, and I had just spent a week on the boat with one, or a weekend on the boat with one of my buddies over on Catalina. So, I mean, it was a nightmare. Okay. <laughs> and, I, and, I, and I suspected, like, I, you know, some, some shenanigans. Went down there, asked Mark. He's like, yeah. And, uh, so, anyway, long story short, the guy that shows up that does that for a living. Okay, now, because we're talking about trade, and we're talking about expectation of what those different people are, look like and what they're into and what they're capable of doing. And So what do you expect the guy that shows up to work on your boat shitter system to be? Well, first and foremost, I mean, what do you expect him to look like? Small. I'm, I mean, he's got to be a small five-foot-one Englishman. So, so right? Jeff Roberts. The, 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 you guys are smart, and, and let me make this caveat. Both Mark and Bruce here are far and away much more experienced boatsmen than I will ever, I don't, can ever catch up, right? So I, 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 you know, anything they tell me, whenever I have a sure. problem, I go to them. Um, so when I ask them what they think of when that guy shows up, the, ver- the fact that the very first word they say is small is is so telling because that's exactly right because they're in these like small little engine rooms like they guys that are working on little pumps down in your engine room they it's got to be a small guy that does that for a living well and it's not like the the deuce system is as big as one of your engines yeah so it's, it's like it's not in the prime location for maintenance but what a bummer it's like how do you decide to get into that industry yeah sure i'll work on the shader systems yeah and it's like it's like anything else. It's kind of like a doctor. Like, nobody ever comes to the doctor when it's, like, good. Yeah. Like, I was like, I hate to make this, you know, and I'll see if I edit this out later. I, can, I got a second one for you. But I, it's like, I, I one. if you're going to become, it's like, you don't become a gynecologist because you're into looking at. Yeah. You know, because nobody ever comes to you when it's, like. Great. In a good, hey. you know, they come to you and like, hey, doc, do check you, this. What are you ever yeah. gonna, What's going on here? Do you, do you think your mechanic goes home this and works on his mint. own car? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> hey, doc, is this mint? Is this right? Yeah. So, what, what, so how good is this? But I can tell you what. I am a plumber's kid. I'm a plumber's kid. And when stuff isn't working, yeah. they want the plumber there. Oh, yeah. To get it fixed. Well, they always I mean, say. No, I, like, I don't have the know-how. It's just, like, I needed this guy. It, it's a specialty. It well, no, you could have figured say, it out, but you're smarter than that. Yeah. They, they I mean, say, I had it figured out, right? I was I, I think out. you could have fixed it. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, plumbers, you know, paydays on Friday, and the rest of it goes downhill. Don't bite your fingernails, right? Yeah. Definitely. Well, they always say you you want to know your, your, your you want to know a plumber and an attorney. Like yeah. those are two quality people you need to know. Don't bite your fingernails. Yeah. <laughs> Don't pick your nose. Yeeks. <laughs> so the guy shows up, small. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know he, he, he. This is how I describe it, and I, you know, I don't, can can I say it? 
he looked exactly like the Monopoly guy that had been with like the Hell's Angels for twenty five years on meth. Wow! Oh, no. so he was—he really got in tight spots. He was little. He was bald. He had this big, like horseshoe, like like uh, what do they call it? Handlebar, mustache. handlebar, handlebar mustache, mustache yeah. that came down here, and and just a great disposition. And, and and small. Would you say Joss met the guy? Would you say that he borderline? Dwarfish? No. Okay, how about no. Well, he had how about you just say <laughs> we're not maybe going... he was under five foot? No, or no, around no, no. But he foot. had some certain qualities to his appendages. Oh uh, yeah. No, he 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 had a, a crustacean like oh. walk. His he, knees. Were he was bent like his knees the, were bent. bent to the his, right. His elbows. Well, he's, were been bent. In, he's been he's in been an crouched down in an engine. No, room. it's it's literally it's like it's it's like a scientific. Experiment. He was he, literally he, like what you would expect. He's, he's been in an engine room for, for so 35 long. years. His body adapted to it. Yeah, yeah. it was like a crustacean. I mean, he's a barnacle. It was incredible. Like, we're in the build. We're good. It was incredible. And he was just in there. And he's, but I will tell you, what do you think the disposition on this man was? He, he was seemed, salty as hell. Yeah. He didn't seem like he loved every day. <laughs> It was salty. He, he, we will he be looking salty. at our, him as our front of house guy. <laughs> yeah, he was one of those guys that had like a like a sh- like an assholey answer, like loaded for everything that you asked. Him. So, uh, no, but, how but, you doing today? Well, I'm here. <laughs> yeah. Hey, so how's your day going? Well, I'm still breathing. Yeah. Uh, how's no. everything going? I don't know. Everyone always leaves me the shitty jobs. Yeah, I get it. You work <laughs> yeah. on shit. It's da, funny da, da. shit, guy. It was literally, literally. A character out of Seinfeld or Frasier or one of those sitcoms. But like, he was he was so angry. Just not not excited to engage in conversation. <laughs> but man, you should have seen him work his way around that engine room. Like sure. a like a I don't know, like something out of a Spider Monkey. Yeah, he was like a, like He's, a, good, a, a warlock? He's good at Spider his... Monkey that used to do a lot of meth. You know what though? I don't want to make fun. He of had like one. He had two teeth, and they were pissed. <laughs> they were going one on the top and one on the bottom, and they were both pissed. Like I'm pretty sure he's not going to listen to this, but you might want to take that part out. Well, whatever. <laughs> Nobody knows who I'm talking about. I know. About. There's a thousand people in a thousand places that do mm-hmm. that. The, for thi- a the thing I love was his tool yeah. chest. He the had, boat was in Oxnard. He had. The you know, tool Oxnard ch- actually is Latin for bull ball. Nice. Ox gnarly not, but no, it's not. But <laughs> his tool chest uh-huh. was my favorite thing. I mean, it was rusty. You know, he opened it. It there was there was no hinge. The whole thing just opened. You know, oh. it wasn't like he opened it and it like lays on its side. He had his uh, latch held it together. Yeah, Wait, and white- it was it was it was a a chrome black. Well, why rust. would you? Why would you? clean it when all your tools are going to be covered in deuce. Yeah. I don't want to well, eat that man's meatballs. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want him to make me meatballs Anything. or I don't think he had latkes. A, yeah, I don't think he had a latka menu. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, let's talk about it. You guys okay. are, are very capable seamen, both of you. Um, fishermen. Now, I go to sea for pleasure. I like Mariners. to motor around. I like to go from here to there, you know, try not to hit anything. See a whale. 
you know, occasionally I'll throw some fucking try to fish. You know, I've caught fish. I'll eat a, you know, but the thing is, I'll eat a uh, smelt. Sick, I will too yeah. for a hundred bucks. I'll eat a. Uh, what, uh, you, you'll eat a smelt. I love smelt. I don't think you love smelt. No, I do. You can fry smelt the the young smelt. You gut them. You fry them. You can eat the bones. You the can whole fry thing. anything. A rice bowl. Oh, I mean, are you kidding me? A sardine on stick over an open fire, oh, yeah. like so Italiano good. style, yeah. amazing. See, uh, let me stop you both there. S- sardine, yes. Smelt, I love it. Smelt, uh, I want good to halibut you, bait, anyways. Yeah. Well, the bait is different than eating. What's you guys the other well, have to try it. Would you mackerel? Eat, yeah, Mark, I like would, to eat Mark, mackerel. Mark, would you eat smelt? I mean. Uh, yeah, no. I wouldn't not eat I've got other things no. that I Here's would the other thing. I will take mackerel. I will feed. I'm, I'm going to do it to Mark one day. But now that I've talked about it, but you know, we like this smoked halibut that we go to that certain restaurant for. I'll shout them out. Shout out uh, Harbor Grill down in Dana Point. They're awesome. Captain Keegan. Captain Keegan, here he is. Um, their, their halibut, smoked halibut dish is fantastic. I bet you that I could do a very similar dish with... Uh, mackerel. Smell. Mackerel. That's all I'm saying. I bet you I could mimic that dish with mackerel and it would be almost as good, if not as good. Because mackerel is a very oily fish. So it smokes, smokes well. very well. And I have fooled very many people telling them that it's trout. I'll be like, oh, check out my this, this smoked trout that I have. And they're like, oh, you know, on a... With the tartar on a mm-hmm. on a saltine, bam! Sort you know, get the three bite in, bites into it. This is money smoked trout. It's mackerel. It takes the smoke really well, and you you brine it, and then you smoke it. You do the you know you know some boop 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 some but kitchen the, black magic. At on the it. end of the day, people don't understand that that oily fish is actually a better fish. It's it great just for has you. To, it just has to be eaten fresh. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It spoils quicker. Right. It, yeah. It, it, you so, have to keep it on ice and don't oxidize. So, well, and, so oily fish is uh, you have to eat sooner. You, you have to eat it sooner. Well, I think a I lot of people don't don't like the name mackerel. It, I think it it sounds like well it depends well, Japanese it depend, people oh, no hundred percent Yusuke it, brought in mackerel one day yeah. and did a full mackerel dish in here in Test Kitchen it was and great, it was great. Yeah. so let me clarify people in the U S I think is probably yeah. a little harder the Western the Western man your your standard American thinks mackerel they think small fish it doesn't it it's not food. I pay five dollars a mackerel yeah for bait yeah. yeah. So but that's hard. But the thing is, but then you smoke it, and and it's oily, and it's great, and everybody and they love I'm just it. Saying, it's just harder to pitch when you see mackerel on the menu. Yeah, you're not you kind of skip past no, 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 it. No, no. But I'm not trying to it, sell it. Yeah, you know, what, what is, I'm just saying it's Web Grainworks is gonna have mackerel on the menu. Maybe we'll be on the forefront. Probably not. No. <laughs> what is what is mackerel good bait for? How we go marlin fishing, marlin? swordfish, yellowtail, bluefin tuna. Oh, see, so you, you can go. I'm not saying like bluefins aren't little, but from bluefin all the way up to mac, uh, all the way up to uh, marlin, marlin, swordfish, marlin. Oh, so yeah. between no, seriously, let me just let me make this point really quick. For a fifteen pound halibut. Between well, these two gentlemen that are sitting in this room right now, are is they... it fair to say that what I'm about to say that the two between the two gentlemen in this room they've got hundreds? No, of no, pounds. no. That's what I want to say. This this year probably have the largest billfish caught. In or not this year, 2022, 
But 2021, 21. definitely the largest billfish caught on the California coast. Every year is a little different. We've caught the first. We've caught the sometimes the most. Each year, we 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 always are in the running for the first or the or the most billfish. First say, most, right? but not necessarily yeah, largest. We, and, yeah. Well, no, we, we go for the largest for sure. But you know, I mean, that's usually on our coast is a swordfish. It, it's usually our biggest billfish of the year. And you guys do it together? No, no, no. They're in separate uh, boats. No, we oppose each other. We do it together. We share information. I so mean, it's, it's all, a small community. So it's everything. You've been uh, opponents, so to speak. Oh, yeah. We, we met through this project, but we're like, hey, I know you. Where well, that's the thing. Tell, he tell just made story. that point really quick. I want to hear that story. It's a small community. Yeah. The people that are out there doing that on this coast, it's a small community. And they are, there is that, there's the camaraderie, but they're also, you know, um, enemies. And they're sharing information, but there's they're only sharing information with a certain. And they're also keeping information, and there's a certain amount of like, you know, well, they, they and there's a certain season for that. I think early season we all always work really well together to find the fish. You know, it's it's like bison; it's a migration. These things migrate up into the northern part of their migratory zone. We get a fix on them, and we follow them, right? And we share information back and forth. But when it comes down to money and tournament time. Mark's my yeah. enemy. So yeah. wait, let me, let me, are you talking <laughs> primarily right now? We're talking about swordfish. Well, uh, well, the swordfish is a little bit more of a market game, if okay. you will. It's a commercial fish that we sell um, from the game fishery or the tournament fishing. Uh, you know, we catch and release striped marlin here. Okay, it's marlin. For you. Yeah. You do, I'm sorry, Jay, real quick. You do catch and release marlin? We, yeah, we, we primarily catch and release striped marlin. I mean, on this coast, it's become almost exclusive. The, the practice uh, we don't is really have a kill tournament, yeah. maybe one tournament a year. But we'll grease one that, to take yeah. to smoke. Or to it's not like you, you can't, right? It's not a law. Oh, no, no. It, yeah. But it's kind of a practice it's thing. A gentleman's, it is. Gentleman's agreement it, it's, it's a gentleman's game yeah. of catch and release. And, yeah. and it's a precious resource we have, like you said. We're on the northern end of this thing's migratory pattern. So, you know, it's neat to keep that resource intact, but, you know, wouldn't it be abnormal for us to have or keep one? Uh, and then again, talking about the oily fish of the mackerel, hence you are what you eat, right? They eat mackerel. The marlin's oily as well. It's a little bit more of a white meat, but it smokes awesome. Barbecue's epic. Uh, in, in fact, in Hawaii, uh, the striped marlin, they don't release them. They, uh, those things are Every table fare. Yeah, what? those things are table fare, yeah. for sure. I'm assuming because uh, there's much more of them there. Was that why it's like less un-PC to, to not? I mean, they live off the ocean. Yeah. Let's just face it. They don't go to the grocery store it's and buy. It's a cultural buy... thing almost. Yeah, yeah. they're, they're not cultural. Their fishing game laws are a lot different there where the recreational fishermen can go out there and catch a few fish, catch a a marlin or two and make an extra couple hundred bucks to offset their, their day of fun well, here in California. You can't um, cross between recreational and commercial fishing necessarily. So in Hawaii, it's much more well, easily attainable to do that. Yeah. I just remember. So we, we chartered a boat in, in on the North shore and we chartered a boat to go out fishing and, and it was like, Oh, by the way, Whatever we catch is ours, like in Hawaii. Like we that catch is those. ocean to table there. So yeah, that's how, that's how you're fed when you're yeah. in Hawaii. It's right. But it, but it. Well, I didn't get any. I paid 
you know, like, so you you pay, you charter the boat. This was a seventy five foot boat. Right. It's a it's a big you know bitter was, party of one. Yeah, exactly. Well, no, no, no. <laughs> I'm just saying it was just it was just. <laughs> I'll agree. I'll agree. But it was like it was one of those things where it's like I've never been any place in the world where you charter a boat, you charter a captain, you charter the whole thing to go fishing, and if we if you catch anything good enough. You don't get any. But, but, <laughs> let, but get let me wait. No, it was sold in. to a restaurant. Uh, yeah. and I got nothing. What it's I'm like, saying is cool give about me a it cut. Is, is people that are visiting Hawaii, you know, people visiting Hawaii, like there's so much good fresh fish coming in that's locally caught where like here we've got a season where we catch some awesome fish like bluefin tuna, dorado, yellowtail, halibut, um, and, and that type of thing. But it's, it's such a short season, and by the time the stuff – gets to market it's just very thinly spread and it just doesn't people don't see it unanimously at all yeah. the local restaurants and, and hotels where in hawaii it's all local caught for the most part and it's it's awesome stuff well then but, if they're if they want to sell the fish then they get they should go fishing without taking me i agree yeah that that, that the, but the there's charter. another side to this whole yeah. thing <laughs> there's another side to the whole thing it and the fact is when you're on vacation you're not prepared to harvest a fish, oh, yeah. keep it refrigerated, barbecue it, cook it for your family. So from if you really look at sustainable fishery and from the ocean to the market and the table, it's like I almost think you got to get a credit of where your fish is going so you can have an epic meal. Yeah. Because that's 100%. all you're going to have as that's a consumer anyway. No, that would be Where you right? couldn't take a fish that's a 200-pound ahi yeah. and so much of it would go to No, waste. but we're going to sell this fish to Joe's you know, fish shack. And you hand him this card and they go it's on us yeah like, all, the, you know, your pokeballs on us way to so yeah, that would be 100%. Yeah, yeah. that's the way it should go down but yeah. you know what here's the deal at the end of the day hawaii's a rock yeah and they're cavemen still, still on the rock yeah. and it goes their way and we're the howlies that visit yeah yeah, yeah. No, no, I agree. I just, it was just, I mean, it's that's like, it. yeah, I just that's wish it. we're the Hallies that visit their yeah. rock. I get we're it. Not change it. Rock. We happen yeah. to be in a, we happen to be in a house, so we had places to cook stuff. Just give me a piece for. Well, and, and I, I will tell you that is that is a lot of the commonplace. Yeah, but I mean, I've I've fished in Hawaii my entire life, right? And there are boats that know that you're going to take that catch and that you're going to barbecue it up at home and that you're going to do it. And then it's that's good. a relationship. You know what? Yeah. yeah. You know, let me just come over to what I really want to be loyal do is to your captain to your and your house. crew and you'll be hooked up. Yeah. You know, invite me over to your house, captain. Well, and, and it's yeah. funny because we have a captain that we fish with all the time out of Kona. Right. And I mean, I've traveled all over the world, Ascension Island. I mean, people don't even know where it is. It's oh, yeah. 4,000 miles from Brazil and 5,000 miles from the West coast of Africa. Got to go through uh, through England to get there on the Royal Air Force plane. Is that the place that you there. had to get like security clearance? Oh yeah, radical security clearance. Sanctions I went there fishing Atlantic Blue Marlin yeah. World Record, and he had caught uh, the ladies' world record the year before. I got invited to go on this trip, but then again, that's the relationship with the captain. Got invited to it. Uh, I go to his house. Yeah, and flew we into fish the place on the, the English Royal no. Airlines. I mean, I know I know people that have, have sailed to the Ascension Islands, and it's like it's crazy that. Like, oh yeah, no, I mean, you're literally. It's a twenty-eight you can day stop sail here. from South Africa. Yeah, you can stop here, 
and there's nothing around you. But they have deep water, and so you get these giant migrations of all Weren't kinds of you saying of fish. you saw, like, tuna like, oh, or something? Th- th- right this, in- this place is Jurassic Park. I mean, yeah. we're talking about Hawaii. Now we're talking about Ascension Island. This place is like I would have imagined. It, it was created originally. This is going to the Garden of Eden of marine environment. We were feeding 200-pound tuna in ankle-deep water by hand. Oh, Literally, I mean, you right from the beach. I and, can't even imagine that. Oh, I, oh it's unbelievable. Could have, I like, show theoretically you hand caught tuna. Right. You're snorkeling and you're hand feeding 200 pound tuna swimming around in knee deep water with you. But what country is this? Where's this? Uh, the well, this is Ascension Island. Yeah. Right. Google flight prices. That's too. off. This that's off. Jo- Seattle. Seattle. No, you can't even fly not. there anymore. They shut down the runway. Yeah. That's off. It's Seattle, a military right? island. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's awesome. That was. You know what? I'd never been so happy to have a salad in my life when I got home, though. Oh, yeah. Right? Because it's an English. It's an English, you know, uh, territory. So it was a lot of bangers and mash. And, you know, the English food isn't fantastic. Well, and just its remoteness. You're not getting fresh lettuce on a regular basis. Uh, Well, the best part was I figured out there was a U.S. air base there. And I went to the officer's club. I thought I found home. I had a salad. I had proper blue cheese dressing mm, nice i mean it was done i was at the officer's club every night so how did, and that was through a captain or a relationship you had with a captain yeah so i'd fish with the guy for years he realized you know that you know we had done some real you know tournament fishing we actually fished some tournaments in hawaii with them and got the invite i mean he literally goes over there for three months out of the year and his mission is to catch a tonner a 2,000-pound blue marlin. Just the year before that, they caught the ladies' world record. That was a 1,305 blue marlin. And I will tell you, in 10 days of fishing, I saw two Atlantic men's uh, world records that were probably blue marlin over 1,500 pounds. Oh. It looked like the side of a Suburban coming in on the spread and took a lure that was 18 inches long, 4 inches round, and the fish was so big and displacing water that it moved the lure out of the way. That's I, so we, cool. we stood there with our mouths and like talk about Jurassic. It, it was yeah. literally an animal that you were awestruck in seeing. Like my trip was done. Pretty I didn't amazing. need to hook it. Yeah, I, and we did hook some amazing fish. I mean, our average fish were seven, eight hundred pounds. Wow. But uh, but it was just awe inspiring in every aspect to see. Something so remote and ultimately so not impacted that it was really, really neat. I would do that in a second. That would be amazing. Oh, it's a mothership operation. Like, I want to load my boat on the back of a big boat and just go absolutely catch and release the most epic stuff out there. Would you release it? Uh, no, I, I would have clubbed that one. It would have right. found the. It would have found. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it, it would have completely like your honesty. Well, let let me just tell you, when Carver there's a world record coming thing. around BDI, we're swinging steel. Yeah, yeah. nice. Not carbon loses. fiber. Yeah. All right, I got two more quick fishing stories that I want to get in really quick. First one is the dummies. So we're talking about these guys do like the the. Um, uh, Tournament fishing is a big deal in the in this in the big kind of uh, sport fish, you know thing. Thing, yeah, community. exactly. So, so community—that's the word I was looking for. Um, 
so and they and I'm talking about they you know they're friends but they're also enemies and like Bruce said especially when it comes to tournament season you know friends goes to enemies real quick uh, so, well not really enemies but right, we're opponents it's, it's all in good fun though and that my that leads me to my, this next story tell us about the 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 faux billfish fins that you <laughs> okay. created well so here's the story we have West Coast fishermen, there's the gentlemen country clubbers, and they're members of the Marlin Club. It's an iconic club. It's Catalina, where Marlin fishing, sport fishing, whatnot started, right? You're and you're saying tuna club or or the tuna club? Sorry, the tuna club. Marlin clubs where we go to drink. Yeah, that's where we haven't been doing any of that. Ironic that's that we're at a distillery Web Grain Works. Right now. At Web Grain Works, we Marlin clubs where I meet Ryan yeah. and Foosball. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. So the the tuna club, iconic, right? I mean, it's ultimately where kite fishing and and it really has a neat part of history. And then there's the Los Pescadores, which I'm a pesky. And peskies were ultimately the true fishermen, the deckhands that worked for the country clubbers. So at, at the end of the day, those, you know, you see all the suit and ties and guys standing there with their fish on the green pier. And that's super cool. I'm into it. Right. But uh, the peskies are the boys that like to attend web grain works and drink some cocktails, be salty, go catch lots of fish and, and are ultimately pretty fishy guys. So we have a tournament. Uh, we have you know multiple handful of tournaments a year, and we have a very similar, very serious tournament: light line, Balboa Angling Club, Masters Marlin tournament. Wow, it sounds big. It, it, this is like big time. Like you're you know you're the guy catching them on twelve pound, right? So the weekend after that is the Los Pescadores Marlin Derby. We call it a derby. We don't want to call it a tournament because we're going to go drink some cocktails. We're going to tell some lies. We're going to catch some fish and uh, we're going to have a good damn time. So everyone's out there. They're coming off this serious tournament and we have a theme every year. Sometimes we're pirates. Sometimes it's Hawaii Five O. Duck Dynasty. Duck Dynasty. I mean, we've done it all right. And people are renaming their boats, building duck blinds on their boats. Uh, you know, you have to call in like last year we were pirates. Like, oh, this is a swagger. We're hooked up and, you know, here's the deal. We're drinking rum and they want to know, are you wearing underwear? Is your captain got a G-string on or whatever, right? Like, it, it's just a good damn time. Yeah. So, but everyone's serious out here in their gyro binoculars looking for marlin tailors and you're literally looking for a machete carving through the water that's sliding down swell hunting silently looking for that mackerel and uh so everyone works really hard in the morning so basically just out there looking for marlin like with binoculars to find out where they're at to where you can go fish a, throw it a bait 200 miles well that's what mile i have always said radius. it's so crazy about that kind of fishing to me i always liken it to um basically searching the desert for for this giant fish right you're out there in this vast blue desert 
hoping to spot like a a sword a, a sword through, yeah or a, a, a fin by one inch fin yeah, yeah. with binoculars ninety percent of fish are in ten percent of the ocean yeah. yeah on a bobbing you know on a boat that's moving with the ocean up and down that's why he if you notice he said the binoculars were, the are, down are gyro stabilized yeah. I mean you have like gyro stabilized binoculars stuff. no neither do I. So gyro stabilized binoculars, but essentially though they're just glassing the ocean. Same way it's like deer hunting, you know, just been the entire time just glassing. So the same thing with fishing. They're out there, they're glassing the ocean all day. But deer can't go underwater. So they're not going. They're not going. <laughs> essentially though, deer. They're you know, not going the, up and you know, down behind the 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 trees underwater. Bush. Yeah. But so at the end of the day. In the peskies, I got brought on because we're a boat that likes to catch fish. We're serious about it. We can have fun, you know, and, and, and we're a fairly salty group on our boat. So I got into the peskies and was brought into the fold of some of our iconic members. And they had a tradition of building Marlin decoys. And it's ultimately constructed of plumbing apparatus, of floating pipe, carved out perfect shape of a marlin tail we then paint them metal flake them do the whole deal and you know as these guys have gotten a little bit older it was time to pass the torch so they decided that bdi swagger was the guy to do it so i kind of took it to the next level and went into full production with my kids we set up marlin tails on our five axis cnc machine in the shop so quick story about these things so everyone's up first day and it's a big deal to catch the first fish of the tournament actually this year in the peskies bdi swagger got the first fish of the tournament nice so uh we we and that's an important deal because if you catch two marlin and another boat catches two marlin it's a tiebreaker on the first fish so it's a kind of a big deal right well day two after we've all been drinking and out with our buddies on the boat and we're up for the next morning is always the big deployment of the decoys and we set these things out, and we're usually first to rise on our boat and getting out of there and getting busy. And you run up fast and get out and, of there. And we haul ass on our boat. And we shit pterodactyls out the tailpipes because our carbon footprint's large. So <laughs> so anyway, so we, we get out there, and we get ahead of the fleet, and we start deploying in packs of two. Because a lot of times you find these marlin. They're not just one tailor. Or if you find them in the morning, they'll be sleepers that are actually sleeping up on the surface. They're pretty lethargic, and then you could sneak up on them. So we have some guys from our race team on the boat with me, and, and they're like, what the hell? And we're setting these up. And and if you find a marlin, he'll have one tail out of the water. If you find a swordfish, he'll have his dorsal fin and his uh, and his and his tail out of the water, so it'll be a two-finner, right? So we're dropping multiples out all over our footprint. And we sit there, we're having our cup of coffee and our cinnamon rolls, and we are watching the old boys come out a little later. And we're just sitting there close to the island. And it's gray light. They're not seeing real well. All of a sudden, you see them zoom up to the bow. You got three guys running up to the bow with macro wiggling, live baiting. And they're pulling up to this thing. And they're casting on it. And everyone in the cockpit of our boat is pissing their pants, so crying, funny. laughing. Because they know. Because they think they're baiting a sleeper. And yeah. we've seen guys bait them two or three times as we're crying, laughing in the cockpit. 
So and then they finally come to realize, oh, what is that thing? Hundred percent. They're like, well, what the hell is when, this thing? When it stays it at the it, when it stays at the surface, as they slowly get closer yeah. to it, they I, I assume they eventually go shit. Yeah, I mean, you, <laughs> yeah. you should almost put like a calling card on the what, thing. Oh yeah. What's even better is when the guy a week later or two weeks later finds one. And I'm going to let Mark take it from here. Yeah, he's been <laughs> swaggered a couple and times. And that's where we came into this story. <laughs> yeah, no, it, the last couple of seasons haven't been all that great for Marlon. And, and I was like, that's what I like to do. I don't care if I catch one fish in five trips, but I'm going to go Marlin fishing. And it was one of those days where all my buddies were getting tired and they're, you know, having drinks and I, i'm like i'm gonna freaking find a marlin guys we're gonna catch a marlin so i'm up on the on the bridge driving the boat got the thing on autopilot and finally like maybe 200 yards away i'm like we're in we're in headsets so i'm able to talk to all the guys on the boat i'm like got one i got the crews like lining up you know guys are running the bow grabbing baits getting ready to throw i'm getting within like 50 yards and then it's time to put the gyros down i'm like got them and then i get i like solid eyeballs when it's almost ready to cast i'm like we got swaggered you knew it <laughs> <laughs> i brought the thing on the boat took a took a picture sent it to bruce i'm like you mother because the name of bruce's boat swagger yeah well well and we know what swagger stands for right so if you're a pirate that's the booty that's your treasure yeah but you know if you write swagger on the back of the boat you better have some swagger in your step yeah for sure and obviously, swagger. This Isn't guy. It, we like gotta it, have a swagger. It's, it's the ultimate poser, right? If you put swagger and hundred percent, and the you, you, and you are can't back the it up. Worst. Yeah, you're you terrible. You have a carbon fiber tower. Yeah. Then you yeah. are t- the lamest guy. We gotta, okay. we gotta slide swagger into the the web's brand somehow with with some sort of like our magic elixir uh, aged something. swagger rye. Yeah, we'll it's definitely yeah. We'll, we'll have to work it into the. The last fishing thing, really quick, is I want to talk about the swordfish sword that went through your toenail. That was a marlin in Hawaii, ironically. Can you share your toenail with the with the group with the room, please? Uh, yeah. Let me let me see. I wear it. sandals every day, so everyone's seen my. You see clothes. it? There's a hole. Like it's yeah. missing, kind of. With a kind of like a hole, hole right in the, in the middle of your toe. Right. So I was fishing in Hawaii. We we had. Uh, a triple on striped marlin those things school up pretty good there and attack the spread and we've got we end up boating two of them at the same time they're little over there they're you know 60 70 pound fish but they take them we can sell each one for 150 200 bucks my buddy's like oh cool put the things on the boat the thing slides across the deck and those bills can be extremely sharp and extremely uh toxic like the word uh, and they, no, they definitely carry bacteria. a lot of bacteria in and middle. so that thing slides across the deck, goes between my toenail and my toe, rips the toenail off. Oh. I'm about so to So wait, puke. let me just reiterate. He has a fish bill go up. Come, The fish comes hurling across the deck. On, on the boat. On the boat. Slimy, Skating. sliding Slimily across the deck. Slimily sliding across the deck. Because it gets rough and white. So we're in the trough. Yeah. The boat stopped. Right. So the thing comes hurling across the deck. Wham! Fucking sword goes under his toenail. Oh. So I'm talking like I'm talking like Vietnamese torture. <laughs> <laughs> Little bamboo under the, the uh, wow toenail. Like a fucking punji stick under this guy's toenail. I like how we save time for this. <laughs> yeah. 
comes shooting out the top of his toenail. Now he's got a, a oh. swordfish bill lodged between his toenail and his toe and sticking out the top. Was he still flopping around? Yeah, was he flopping? No, he was dead. Oh, okay. He'd clubbed him Thank good. Thank God. Well, how did, he, how did he flop through and get through your toenail and then die? No, it wasn't flop. It was just literally a perfect shot. No, the, the boat, boat rocks. It's oh, yeah. sliding oh, on a wet deck. Yeah. yeah. This yeah. was just a wet deck deal? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. No, those things are like oh, needles, dude. That is oh, the worst. I mean, yeah. how like, about We had a bunch that? of blood, you know, going in the water, and I felt like I was, I don't get seasick. Um. I was absolutely going to barf, and I'm like, what am I going to do? So I just jumped in the ocean, and then I got back on the boat and held my You jumped off. in the ocean? Yeah, because I felt, like, nauseous. I'm just yeah. like, I need to change this quick. Yeah. So I jumped in the water, and I was right. And it did work out? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, reset your equilibrium. That's God, it. what a semen. I wouldn't have thought of doing that. What would you have done if you had a sword? He would have been the worst. No, I, remember, I will tell, you, tell you. Let me tell you something. If I, if that happened to me, I don't think I'd be here telling that story. I, no, I will tell you. I would you. have either, either killed myself. Well, I don't even want to well, say that. He would have. aggressive. No, we're not going to go there. Joss would have let's, done let's, let's the exact wrong thing. Yeah. Uh, I'll tell you. I Joss would have gotten seasick out back. So he would have run downstairs into like a small got bedroom got uh, well, on a rocking boat where he couldn't see the horizon, and he would have gotten even sicker. And, and then, then drank he, and got more yeah, dehydrated. And then had died. cocktails, anyway. got yeah, dehydrated. I would, have, uh, yeah, I, would, I would have gone down there with, a, with the bill in my foot, <laughs> like tried to pee, couldn't, did a shot, got so dehydrated. Then the captain would have said... You got to pull the bill out of your foot, put a little bit of this iodine on there, and then wrap it really tight. And Josh would have said, and so what am I supposed to do with it? Yeah. Right. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. what if, You got to put the iodine on it. You got to wrap it real tight. And then what? Yeah, but what do I do with the iodine? You put it on it! God damn <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I've never had a bill in my foot. <laughs> I don't even know what that phrase means. Doesn't matter. You'll know when it happens. Yeah. But I mean, I, I, I gotta. I just let gotta me say. Tell you, let me tell you something. I wouldn't have done as good as Mark did with it. In the world of things that I don't ever want to have happen to me, that's one of them. Yeah. That's got to be in the top ten. That's Jeremy there. doesn't want to get poked. I don't no. ever want to well, have, have anything a, a, under and, my toenail. And, and, and an, uh, an animal that you don't know if it's live or dead being part of it. Right. All right, well, this has been awesome. I know I kind of like surprised you and you know, so I brought these guys in here tonight just for the city council hearing for the caboose. And then I said stick around and tell us some fishing stories because I thought it was interesting and literally when I say these are the guys, they're the guys. I'm passing around pictures of the marlin that Went under your toenail. Oh, I, uh, it's the one I just, that's less bloody. What, you, let's close it out with your gnarliest fishing story. Like, like dangerous, something gnarly Bruce happened to you at sea. Can I throw in something first? Yes, yeah. Just so, you know, just so everybody looks, knows that. looks that, like a dead man. Oh, yeah. We're going to, we'll, we'll talk about the, the, the pictures here in a second. But, like, I mean, hopefully we can have Bruce on again. You know, Bruce is going to be building out the dream, you know, distillery, brewery, and restaurant, and it'll be nice. We can have checkups coming along. Well, for but sure. I we have a very important piece of the overall picture 
you know, with on board with the caboose yeah. and with the restaurant, with everything. So Right, and I referenced the YouTube show earlier. We did a full season of that with kind of like all the stuff that we went through with the city and all the kind of like boring stuff. The last episode of that show, I said, we will come back as soon as we're swinging hammers. And that was the promise I kind of made to the, the YouTube audience. So as soon as we start, uh, as soon as we essentially break ground next door, I intend to start filming the weekly blog once again. And so uh, not only will Bruce you know, have to join us here on the web episodes again, he will also be a recurring character on the YouTube show. So that's that's pretty exciting. Like I said, we already recorded an entire season of the YouTube show. The name of the channel on YouTube is Webs Grainworks. So go check it out, get caught up, and when we come back, we will be swinging hammers over here and in full build-out mode. And Bruce Binquist will be the man, uh, and BDI will be in charge of that whole process. So that being said, Bruce, why don't you tell us your scary story from C? You hit a whale, you had a swordfish go through your toenail. Yeah, yeah, no, swordfish are definitely the gnarly thing. I mean, that is like going and hunting tigers and lions or water buffalo if you're a hunter, right? Like, there hasn't been one swordfish that I haven't harvested in our boat because we don't let those ones go. That isn't trying to kill you when you're trying to kill it all the way into the cockpit of the boat. So... I want to say uh, we were up fishing uh, Santa Cruz Island one day and we ended up catching three fish, three swordfish in one day. I mean, it's unheard of. You catch one, you catch one in a day or, or one in a season. You're a hero around here, right? We caught yeah. three in a day. Wow. And I'm not saying we're heroes because we're not, but um, we had we had a good day of fishing that day. The, the first one we had, I was angling and uh, the fish comes up and, and the boys get a gaff in it. And this thing is swinging and swordfish have a horizontal knife like sword bill. And I'm strapped into the harness. I have my rod and reel in front of me and this thing is chopping. The only thing keeping from this chopping my head off is my rod and my, you know, 10 inch gold, you know, 80 wide reel, if you will. Right. And this thing is chopping, trying to take her off. I'm like, Everyone's yelling and screaming and stepping back and trying to get gaffs in it and get it in the boat. We finally get the fish under control. But that's not one time that's happened. Every single time, and I don't care if I'm here on the West Coast, on the East Coast, or anywhere you harvest one of those things, beware, they're trying to get even. So that's a real opponent. That's cool. I mean, it's cool to think of that because you think of fishing. You know, I'm going to go out there and catch a couple of fish, but... You know, at some level, those sport fish, these billfish, they have a weapon on their head. And they're trying to kill you as much as you're trying to kill you, just like he likened it to lion hunting or... Well, that's the sportsmanship. Yes, you have that crazy respect that, like, okay, he won today. Yeah. There's days I win, there's days they win. That's why I ask it. Yeah. You actually have that respect. I have that respect for that animal. I have that appreciation for the creation, you know, of, of this amazing mag, they're ultimately magnificent. I mean, there's something about pulling up on a bluefin boil, and if and you shut down your boat as you slide into it, and there's hundreds and maybe even thousand fish, and you know, I'm a race car guy. I love horsepower. I even love manpower more than that because the energy yeah. that one guy or multiple guys can put together is amazing. But the energy of a fish feeding on bait fish, when you listen to it, you hear them splashing around and doing that. It's like, 
whoa. You're awestruck. All right. Well, this has been awesome. Thank you guys for sitting in. I know I kind of, like I said, kind of lassoed you in, but you guys made great guests. I think it's super interesting. I want to go fishing. So, you know, one of the ways that we can maybe make this whole thing, you know, if you just take me fishing. You know, I've never caught a tuna. So I want to catch a tuna. I was one of the only ones that caught a tuna on our boat. Love to catch a local boat. tuna. Ryan caught a tuna. I <laughs> want to cast at, on a tuna. Who wants to throw a popper on a on a foamer? Oh, yeah. okay. Well, we're gonna do that. I want to throw a popper on a foamer. So, so here's <laughs> a, a phrase he just learned. <laughs> so he's gonna throw a popper and a foamer, and then we're gonna skip a yummy from the kite and watch the explosion. Yeah, I want to skip a yummy, pop a foamer. It's okay. So foamy. <laughs> Well, thank you guys again for being here. Super awesome. Joss, as always, you're super hammered. And Ryan, <laughs> love you, buddy. Thank you. All right, Bruce, Mark, you guys are salty dogs. Thanks for you know being here and sharing your stories. Appreciate it. Ladies and gentlemen, you out there in the listening world, thank you for joining us. And we look forward to seeing you right here next week on the Jeremy Webisodes Podcast.